Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. And we've been walking in raising the bar. What does that mean? Raising the bar means that the deepening uh, to, to, to dig a little deeper, to, to begin to believe and to identify with what God says of who we are and to, you know, to walk in the spirit, not after the flesh, amen, to put the soul away and say, spirit, you thrive and you walk. And, and we've been walking through these things and, uh, and it's been a great series. It's been a great series for me, just kind of a reminder of digging in and, and getting my roots deep, more deeply planted in and who we are in Christ and, and all of that. Last week specifically, we talked about facing giants. We talked about conquering giants. And uh, it was a, a, a great sermon uh, God put together. I, I'm not just bragging on myself. I, I listened to the sermon about five times this week. I needed it. And, uh, and so I was excited about that. And then um, what was cool also is that as I was listening to some other folks and, and reading some things, I was like, other folks were saying the same things. And so it helps us to understand, hey, guys, we're right in the flow of what God's doing. And, and I'm not saying we be prideful, but let's continue to dig in. And the truth of it is, yeah, yes, I deliver the message. But if it weren't for you digging in and seeking God, that we couldn't come into unify, to unify and to come together so that we could go further into the kingdom. And so I give all of you kudos as well for digging in yourself and we want to continue in that flow. Amen? We want to continue to see God move and, and to, to move and, and such. And so, uh, as I said, last week we talked about giants. And one of the things that came to realization for me is that I, uh, God didn't want us to be done with the giant thing yet. And he kind of pulled out uh, for me uh, two specific areas of giants. And so I thought it was going to be a general. You know, we just move over the giants and go to something else. And God said, no, I want you to be a little more specific on a couple. So this week we're going to talk about facing insecurities. Uh, it's an important thing, and, and, and I don't if you know, like I said, uh, Wednesday night service, we, we kind of come together and uh, we, we talk about the previous week's sermon and we kind of dig in a little deeper. And, uh, and it just it kind of became a launching thing to understand. And as I was reading scripture this week and kind of looking through, you know what I realized? That the Bible is full of people or characters, uh, individuals that felt completely insecure and unqualified. As I look at all of the different Moses, like Moses, for instance, he's like, I can't do what you call me to do, God. I can't speak. Now, this is mind-blowing to me because he had seen God move in this and this and this and this. And the thing he came up with is, I can't speak. And it showed me that their insecurity doesn't have to make sense, but it certainly will affect and so as we look at this and we see Moses is saying, I can't speak. Jeremiah says, I'm too young. Uh, 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 Abraham, he's too old. Gideon, is, was, you know, he was afraid. That he was kind of hiding around. And God said, you're a, mighty, you're a mighty man of valor. And he's like, as he's, you know, quivering over in the corner. And I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. And I think this might be one of the biggest giants the enemy uses to disqualify us. Is that, that, is that he will disqualify us in a way, if we'll believe this, this lie of insecurity, this giant, from even competing in the fight. 
Like he, if if he can convince us of this, we, it's not like he has to, uh, you know, stifle us or stop us. If he can get us to believe that we're not what God says we are, we'll take ourselves out of the game. We'll sit on the bench and just let life happen and just say, "Well, I don't know," and not fulfill what God has called us to do. And so, as we look at this today, I want to remind you: listen, you're more than qualified. You're empowered. That you've been given the gift of salvation. And that salvation, within salvation, is, the, is a huge word, a major word of all the benefits of who God is. And to, to, to go a step further, God, you know, God's a God of more than enough, amen? And not only does he pour us salvation, all the benefits that go with this, but then he says, I have to go away so the comforter can come. The Holy Spirit can now reside on the inside of us to help walk with us, to help discern with us, to help lead us, comfort us, guide us, all of these kind of things. I'm thinking that's the one-two punch. We can't help but slay any giant when we have that truth. Can somebody say amen today? Amen? Okay, so as we're going to look at this, but let's just close our eyes and let's go before the Father today. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, we thank you that because of you, we are more than conquerors. Father, as we dig into your word today, I pray that we won't just hear the word, we'll become doers. In other words, Father, that we will let it seep deep in our hearts and our minds today so that we'll be changed, transformed by it. That's your desire for the word. And so, Father, we declare that now. I, I bind the enemy to try to stop or stifle that here in this place. I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you're already moving and you're already wooing, Father. I thank you that it's because of Holy Spirit every burden is broken in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I thank you that the, may, the way is made, the, 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 the curtain has been torn so that we might come to in your presence. And when we're in your presence, we're changed. We thank you for it. So we release you now. Father, I thank you that you would lead my words in this moment in this time. Just as you have already led our service, I thank you that you would continue to do that. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Everybody say amen. amen. Good. I always make sure everyone was still here. Praise God. I, I closed my eyes. I thought maybe you left. I was not sure. I was insecure. <laughs> Talking about insecurity, um, one of the things, you know, I, I just want to kind of throw out some, some insecurities. And I'll, to be fair, I think I've kind of grouped insecurity in a weird spot. Some, some are like, I'm not insecure, but maybe, maybe you feel inferior because maybe you don't feel quite as smart as someone you know. Maybe, maybe it's, it's uh, they're wealthier. Maybe they're, you, you, you see them as better looking than you. Maybe you see them, you know, hey, they're taller or they're shorter or they're whatever. Or, uh, you know, insecurities can be low self-esteem, question our abilities, Question the potential outcome. I don't know. What if this happens? And what if this happens? Question. Use the past to nullify us. Come on. Somebody. Using the past. It's insecurity. Though the past nullifies her. A sense of being unaccepted. Anyone ever felt that way before? Uh, a critical. You know. Maybe it's because at a, a, a critical upbringing. Maybe we had some really strict critical things. Or maybe it was the other side and you're like, I didn't have a parent to, to even give a care. And we disqualify ourselves in that way. We become insecure. Maybe it's a, a, a learning problem. Maybe it's a, a money problem, a lack of feeling those life 
Maybe those life, maybe it's aging, too old, too young. Maybe it's a tragedy that's trying. You're like this tragedy has totally turned me. I, I, I don't know. I don't even understand who I am now in Christ. And we get to the place where we feel I'm not worthy. And this is where the enemy is a liar, and he loves to keep us there. He challenged Jesus this way. He challenged the identity of who Jesus was. He challenged Jesus himself. In the, in, in the desert as he tempted him to try to make him insecure. You really think you're say, who you say you are? Then you do this and you do this. And he tries to bait him in the way so that he might feel insecure. We know that Jesus didn't feel insecure. He, he battled him. He went right to the word of God to help um, dispel that. And I believe we want to do that today. Uh, I, I just wanted to read for you to define what insecurity is. I know we, we typically know the, the answer to that, but it, the, the Webster Dictionary says to lack confidence or assurance, self-doubt, uncertainties, or anxiety about oneself. Now, now I also want to recognize in this moment, and uh, please know that I'm not trying to, to point, I'm not trying to give glory here, but I want to point it out here. Because what I said last week, if you remember last week, was we don't want to just ignore the problem. But we can take that problem, we can look at that problem, we can take it captive, we can take that thought captive. And so all we're doing is here is recognizing the schemes of the enemy. And by the way, they're just schemes. They're not truths. They're just lies. And, and, and so he brings these kind of lies up of insecurity. But two, what I'm going to call cousins, is that insecurity is discouragement and depression. So when you feel insecure, why do we get discouraged and depressed? We're insecure about our abilities or our, our future or our past or ourself or our relationships or our walk. And it causes us to be depressed and ultimately to completely discouraged. Today, I want to pretend like we're bowling today. And I kind of want to just roll the, roll the ball and knock every one of those pens off today. Is that okay? As we kind of look at this and we want to knock out insecurity, depression, uh, and discouragement today. There's four areas that we're going to look at today. And, and these four areas are, are, are kind of positions that we might find ourselves um, in, in, in insecure spots. Uh, if you're with me, if you have a handout, say amen. amen. All right, good. The number one, the first one we're going to look at is our self-image. Our self-image, often we feel insecure in our self-image. Now, self-image can be all kinds of different ways. And, and so the, the antidote, if you will, is we, we must see ourselves through God's eyes. We, we, in order to overcome the insecurity of self-image, we must see ourselves as Christ sees us. As God called us. Um, we are really good at seeing and remembering our imperfections. God sees us perfect in Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we can't think that we can get better and all of those, but the shame or the, the doubt or the, the feeling you just can't measure up, listen, this is, the, uh, this is how we see it. This is how the enemy wants us to see you. And I want to remind you that God sees you holy, blameless when you receive Christ. Um, we need to start looking in the mirror of God's word. We need to start looking at what God's word says about us rather than what the world or ourselves or, or even, our, even sometimes our loved ones. Uh, Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 and 14 says, You, for you, created in my own inmost being, 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody, let's say that together, together. verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. For some of you, that's the first time you bragged on yourself at all. For some of you, you just, just in that moment, I believe you pulled the weeds of the lie of the enemy and planted the truths of God's word. Because the enemy will continue to try to press you down and tell you how, how bad you have been and all of those kind of things. But First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, I love this one, says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him, who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's good news, by the way. Amen? So turn to your neighbor and say, you're wonderfully made. It's always a bonus if you're sitting beside your spouse. But um, <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Amen. Feels good, doesn't it? Feels good to declare God's word. Feels good that not only can we declare God's word, but it's backed by Him. I love that. I love that it's more than just words on a page, it's life. I, I love that it's more than just a good idea, that it is the very heart of who God is for you and me. Amen? The second area of insecurity we'll look at is our abilities. Our abilities. Uh, the antidote is that we would view our problems according to God's ability, not our own. Listen, God's a God of more than enough. And if you are his kids, he's going to take care of you. Let me say that again because uh, like, nobody caught that. If you're one of God's kids, he's going to take care of you. That doesn't mean that uh, we talked about a few weeks ago, right? We've got to be careful what kind of expectation. We have to be careful what kind of perspective in which we're coming from. We need to come from God's word perspective. We need to come from the expectancy. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it because he promises he'll do it. But understand that God, it's in his ability, not our own. It's his ability, not our own. Let me say that again. It's his ability, not our own. The enemy will lie to us and say, you can't, you can't, you can't. And, and, and you know how the enemy uses a little bit of truth? The truth is we can't, not without Christ. But it goes on to say that we can do all things in Christ. And so understand that these, these are abilities, yet yeah, we are supposed to feel, uh, we're, we're supposed to understand that we have a need for help in our lives. It's okay. That's not a bad thing. That should help lead us, push us, direct us, so that we'll lean on the Father. Like I said last week, to stay connected in the vine. To get the nutrients that God is and has for us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Okay. So our abilities will, will always feel inferior, insecure, if we're comparing our own abilities, if we are comparing it with others. I don't know why. I don't know why humanly, but we have this just inherent thing that we try to do. We try to have this imaginary measuring stick 
where we begin to measure ourselves according to other people. The funny thing is, is often we measure ourselves according to other people that we don't even completely know their whole story. We just have the idea how we think they are. And this is where the enemy begins to really, they could be totally miserable. And you're like, man, I wish I could be like that. And God's like, no. Because we don't know. You know, you know, you've heard that the, the story, you know, the grass is greener on the other, all the way on the other side. You know why? There's a lot of manure over there, a lot of fertilization going on over there. So you don't know. We don't know, but we do know that what God says about us. We know that God says, you're able. We're able because God is able. We're able because God says we're able. So I want to declare this. We need to, we need to stop seeing our inabilities and we need to see God's abilities. Because when we see God's abilities and we see who we are, that he created us, you know the word says that he created us in his image and his likeness. And then he stepped back and says, mm, that's good. He said, that's good. Listen, God says you're good. He says in Christ you became a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Your abilities are in the Father, and the Father can back His abilities. He's more than enough. Amen? All right, the third area. We're going to get done early. Another miracle. Praise God. Number three. Number third area of insecurity is future. Future is always seems to come in question. We think about insecurity of future. Now, if we're, you know, we're all coming off of 2020, if we would have said December of 2019, if we would have known... Maybe things would have been a little different, but we didn't know. But now, now the enemy can use that event to now we have insecure. I don't know what next year is going to bring. I don't know what the next year is going to bring. And if we keep ourselves, listen, we know this world, what the promise is, the world, it's decaying, it's dying, it's going away. It's not eternal. So we can't be surprised by that. So don't let the future scare you. We have a promise of future if you have Christ in you. We have a promise, a security. We're sure of where we can be, what we can do. And all of the while we're here, God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. It's, in fact, it's pretty much that whole chapter talks about that kind of a thing. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We don't go there. We don't, we don't let the future scare us. That's why Jesus reminded us. You know, this is one of the very first verses or uh, sermons that Jesus preached. It, it, and he included in this very first like launch, he, he talks about, you know, loving and, and honoring. And he talks about, and then he's like, listen, stop worrying about you. Don't, don't worry about it. God's got you taken care of. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. We, we can spend a lot of time worrying about the future. We can, look at, we can look at circumstances that we're currently facing and we're like, and we can speak negatively. We can speak not life but death according to what we, because we're trying to foretell the future. Listen, God knows. God is good all of the time. And He's got promises. And His promises are yes and amen. 
Amen? I, I kind of want to, it, it kind of reminds I want to like, you know, like break off that lie. You know, it feels like sometimes we get crested by the heaviness of this world, by the possibility of what future holds. I know Scripture says, reminds us, you know, we're going to face persecution and challenges. Jesus said it himself. But he went on to say to give us life, to give us hope, so that we wouldn't focus on that truth. He says, but I have, come, I have overcome the world. I have overcome them. And if you are in him, he brings you along as an overcomer. He changes your name to that truth. It says, it goes on to say that you're more than a conqueror. Amen? We can't worry about the future. It reminds me of a song, classic song. I, I know Pastor Sellers would know this, and it's one of his favorite. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Come on, sing it with me. Because he lives, all fear is. I'm going to let you sing it. I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Hey, if you can handle me singing, you guys can handle anything. Because he lives. Because he lives. He lives in you. He lives in me. Because he lives, we can face whatever tomorrow brings. Do not let the enemy lie to you. The enemy wants you to focus, putting a magnifying glass on the, 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 the what-ifs. He wants you to put a magnifying glass. The enemy wants to put you on all the things that are what-ifs. And you know what? If we stay there, we'll get depressed. We cannot allow, we have to put the magnifying glass on the one that's worthy to be magnified. We have to remind ourselves that He's the King. He's the Lord. He's the Ruler. He's the Creator. He's the Great I Am. It's Him and it's in Him we trust and we live and have our being. Amen? So we can't let the future dictate what God can do because God is a limitless God. I don't ever always understand. It doesn't always look like I think it should look. But we have to have faith in Him and who He is, the character of who God is, how He has been all through to show that He loves His kids. He's not going to forget us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Amen? Amen? Number four. The fourth place of an insecurity that often we find ourselves facing is the past. The past. The antidote for... For the past, the insecurity of the past is to let go of the yesterdays. Raise the bar of expectancy for the todays. Today is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Yesterday may have been difficult. So I don't let, hang out in my yesterdays. I live for the todays. The Bible says, God says his mercies are new every morning. You know, when the Israelites were wandering around, they took care of them. God took care of them. He fed them daily. The Bible reminds us as we pray, to pray is daily bread. We need to not look at the back. We need to stop looking in the rearview mirror. We need to look at the windshield that right ahead of us and just say, God, I'm, you're for me, not against me. We need to continue to push forward and not let the area of insecurity of the past 
take us out. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, the footnote to this leads us to Colossians chapter 3 where it says, Since we have been raised with Christ, let us set our hearts and minds on things above. Listen, we need to focus not on the past, not on the not on the future. We need to focus right here and right now. God, you're for me, not against me. I'm going to keep pushing. If we hold on to our past, we, 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 we try to do that. We try to disqualify ourselves. The enemy will remind us of our past. Praise God that we are a new creation. Let me say that. Praise God we're a new creation. Amen? Amen. See, this was a thing. This is a thing that helped me to, to be able to stand up here and preach. Listen, as I was growing up, I had several insecurities. Several insecurities. I knew, I, I just knew that all, you know, I have, I had relatives and friends and very close relatives. Man, I saw how smart they were and I was like, I'm not making it. I, I would, I would see all the, you know, like, I don't know how this is going to work because, you know what, the, I, this happened in my life and this happened in my life. I'm, I don't even want to know what's going on. I'm just going to go crawl in their rock kind of insecurity. You, you know, when, when you really face insecurity and the enemy reminds you, he's accuser of the brethren and he reminds you, uh, you remember what you thought? You know what you said? You know what you did? And those are all truths. I'm not saying that that didn't happen. But praise be to God that God removed that. Amen. That he says that our sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. Yes. Now this helps, this should help empower us then to continue to walk in holiness and righteousness. To thank in thankfulness that praise God that he, he, he made me a new creation in Christ. I've got a new reset. I'm ready to just walk on. I want to continue to follow after the things of God. Amen. This was the thing that helped me get the understanding that you know what I don't have to be the smartest pen, I don't have to be the sharpest pencil in the box to work for him That's right. because it's not me doing it it's him in me doing it Amen. and you should receive that truth Amen. as well because he's no respecter of persons and I guarantee you when he made you he says perfection 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 when he made you he made everything in you even those even those things you're like, oh man, I wish he wouldn't give me that. Listen, that's a characteristic God wants you to work out and work out because that's going to help you conquer and do what God has called you to do. Don't despise the things that are in your life. Listen, God doesn't make mistakes. Let me say that again. God does not make mistakes. And if he made you and everything in you, then he's got promise for you. He says it's good. And so we should look in the mirror and say it's good in Christ. Amen? I want to read Titus chapter 3. I love this verse. This is, I'm going to read from the, the um, New Living Translation. 
It should be on the screen. It's small. There's, it's a lot, so it's small. So bring your Bibles or your electronic devices so you can look at this because you've got to lay eyes on this truth because when we put our eyes on it, it, it helps change our heart and re, remind us of who we are. But in Titus chapter 3, verse five or verse 4, we'll start. It says, But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, verse 5, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we would inherit eternal life. Verse 7. He generously generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Christ Jesus, our Savior, because His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we would inherit eternal life. Verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. This is the truth of God's word. This is the heart of who He is. He goes, I want, I insist that you know these teachings. You know how you can insist, how you can let the word insist on the truth if we meditate on it, if we allow the the heart of God to talk to us and speak to us and spend time with Him, so that we can change our heart to the truth of what God says. One of the greatest hindrance moving forward is looking backwards. I, I told you about my uh, my experience of riding my bicycle when I was, I don't know how, I can't remember how old I was, where I decided it was a smart idea to drive forward but look backwards. I told you I wasn't the sharpest pencil in the box, right? I, I prefaced with that. Listen, it doesn't work. If I'm looking backwards and I'm trying to go forward, I'm going to get off. I'm going to, I'm, there's going to be a, a mistake. There's going to be a problem. Don't focus on the past. Paul says, forgetting what is behind and striving, pressing on towards forward, looking ahead at the prize of which God has given us. The prize is salvation. The prize is, is security in Christ. The prize is, is no more fear. Righteousness, holiness, that's the prize. We've got to forget the past. Somebody forget, say, forget the past. Amen. So here's the impact. If we will change this thing, if we'll let these antidotes rest in us, here's the impact. It'll, it'll, it'll revolutionize our relationships with people. Listen, God has called us to, be, to have relationships with others. He's called us to have relationships so that we can share the gospel, the good news, to, to, to live. So when we, when, we, when, we, when we let the antidotes, antidotes do their thing we'll, and we live to please God, it will strengthen our relationships. I, I've said it like this. If you look at a triangle, and, and I, I've said this about uh, when we're talking about you know, husband and wife, but it works for any relationship. See, sometimes we're like, man, let's just try to make this work. Let's try to make this work and try to make this work. And the idea is that's a problem. 
But if we will take our ideas and we will say, listen, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. And if each person is doing this and within a relationship, guess what? Not only are you going to draw closer, but you're going to be closer to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's going to impact your relationship. It's going to strengthen your relationship. And so as we go draw closer, listen, we, as we let the impact of what God is and who we are in Him, we draw Him, we begin to live to please God, this is what will happen. It will change the symptoms. The symptoms that we sometimes like, I don't know what they're going to think of me. We can't care about what, God, what, what people think of us. We, we just can't. I know that's a loaded thing. But listen, we've got to do this. I have to do this every Sunday. Because I, I can misread faces. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm like, I don't care what they, they think. Just, be, just being real. And listen, I want you to understand that, that this is the truth. Because it could be everyone's just looking at me because they're asleep. Or it could be that we're thinking, all I'm saying is that we, the enemy insecurity will try to make you doubt all of these things and so if i gather to, to walk and live and to please god then i won't be concerned about that galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says and i am now trying to win the am i now trying to win the approval of human beings or of god or am i trying to please people if i were still trying to please people i would not be a servant of christ so paul says we got to seek first his kingdom. You remember a few years back, there was those WWJD bracelets, right? What would Jesus do? What would I do in him? And to remember that kind of thing. The second impact is the relationship with God. When we remove the insecurity, our, relation, our relationship with God becomes stronger. We will boldly approach him based on his unconditional love. Listen, when we remove this, because this is where the enemy says, who do you think you are? To try to go to the Father when you were not, you didn't measure up in this way or this area, this area, this area, or whatever, or your prayer wasn't answered or this or whatever, right? That's what the enemy does. And it will stop us, it will stifle us from going to the Father. That's what the enemy's trying to do. So when we remove, when we can kill that giant of insecurity, we boldly approach him, we can come into his unconditional love, and he guaranteed uh, genuine admiration. Listen, he guaranteedly loves you. He calls you his very own. He doesn't base on the things we do. Now, that doesn't mean we get it. We use that grace as a license to just do whatever we want. Sin. You understand what I'm saying, right? Let's stay in balance. Don't use that as an opportunity to stumble or to cause others to stumble. Because like, oh, I can just do whatever I want. But see, when we, we remove insecurity, we see, wow, God, you did this for me. I, I can't believe it. And it causes us to want to live for him even in a deeper way. I want to just give you a revolutionary idea. I just want to make sure you hear this loud and clear. God likes you. God likes you. He loves you. He enjoys you. In fact, the reason we were created is to have relationship with Him. He always has and He always will. Nothing that we can ever do, nothing that we ever can do will persuade Him not to change His mind about you. 
so I want to give you some security there. And it's in that security that we can live faithful. It's in that security, like, you know, you know like, maybe, maybe I'll just tell myself again, why do I do this? It's like a confessional or something, right? But, but, but you know how when you, you know how when you're driving down the road, and you're driving, and you're doing, you're fine, and all of a sudden, the police officer drives right behind you, pulls right in behind you. You are already obeying every law. But suddenly, because he's behind you, you suddenly forget how to drive completely. You like, ah, you're just become so insecure and so like, and you're like, ah, yeah. And it's like, and then if he gets, he keeps, and it's like another mile, another mile, you're like, oh man, I'm busted. I'm just, I mean, the insecurity just, just continues to follow after you. And this is what the enemy tries to do with insecurities. He tries to pull in behind you and just ride on you long enough that you're like, ah, oh man. And he's just waiting. He's hoping that as you begin to get, you know, you know, if you were to take a blood pressure cuff to you at that moment, I promise you, your blood pressure would go up a little bit. You're like, oh, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know, and you're... Because of those insecurities. Because of those things. And listen, this is how the enemy works in our life. But even if you got a ticket, it doesn't change. It, even... Even if we find ourselves in a place at times where we're like, man, we totally missed it. Listen, God still loves you. He still cares for you. And we use that as a learning saying, man, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to, to dishonor my father in that way again. I, I don't want to hurt. Uh, I, I don't want to slap Jesus in the face for all he did for me. I'm gonna, I just want to honor him in the best that I know how. And I thank God that you don't, you don't bring condemnation. Father, I thank you that you lead me and guide me and direct me. I thank you that you bring you, you, you help to remind me of things that are wrong so I can correct them because you love me. But understand that as we understand this, if we use the antidote of killing the giant of insecurity, it will strengthen our relationships. When we do mess up, we're quick to go to the Father. And that's the point. To not hide from him, not to walk away from him, but to draw yourself closer, to humble yourself for him. Forgive me, Father. He's like, done. I forgive you. Get up. Walk. Live in the truth of who you are in me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the enemy tries to do the opposite of this. And God says, no, don't do this. Draw to me. Come to me. The, the throne of grace with confidence. Listen, we're never going to be able to live good enough, long enough uh, to gain acceptance. We didn't have to because Jesus came. And it's in that loving relationship that we honor that relationship, that it's in that that we're able to fulfill our walk. To, to hear the, the voice of God, to walk in the voice of God, to obey Him. Our goodness is because of God's goodness.
And if we stay in focus in that, I promise you, we'll slay the insecurity giant that's trying to yell at you and trying to say you're not enough. God says the opposite. He says you are more than enough. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to close with that. Stand to your feet. We're going to close there. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and just close your eyes for a moment. We can't go any further without making sure that we understand that all of these promises, all of this truth is contingent on one thing alone, that we would receive Jesus. We would understand that we cannot fight any of these giants. We can't remove any of these insecurities, any of these things. They're unmovable without the Father, without Jesus Christ in our life to make us clean, to wash our sins. We have to depend on the Father. We have to depend on the work of Christ Jesus in us. And so I ask today, if you have not surrendered your heart, that you would surrender your heart in this moment, in this time, because God is so anxiously sitting on the edge of His throne wanting to have a relationship with you. He's wanting to help you slay every giant, every, every lie of the enemy. But we know that that's done through Jesus, that Jesus whom the sun sets free is free and, and free indeed. So in this moment, I pray that, Father, you would, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would move on the hearts and the minds in this moment. If anyone has not received or has walked away and said, God, I, I, just, I, I just walked away from, from your faithfulness. I want to draw back. I want, I want to be able to conquer these things that the enemy is trying to lie to me. I want to, I want to be that giant slayer that you've called me to be. I want to be that more than a conqueror. God says receive Christ. So in this moment, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me as you receive. And when you pray this prayer, I'm going to guarantee that a miracle happens. Everything that's been in your life is going to be slayed. Is going to be conquered. And now as we do this, now I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, forgive me. I messed up. I've messed up a few times. But Father, I thank you that you didn't give up on me. Forgive me my sin. Jesus, make me a new creation. I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you for it now. I receive every benefit of salvation. And I'll walk in you from here on in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that gives us the freedom. To now we can stand strong in this truth. Now it's position. If you're like, oh, I was out of position. No, we're in position to the things of God. Remember that. Listen, we need to, we meet, need to meditate on that truth. Because the enemy is going to continue to try to pick, 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 pick. I talked about that last week, right? Pick, 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 pick. And if we're, not, if we're not keeping our shield of faith of who we are in him, Keeping, believing that who we are is what God said and that He's not a liar, He's a truther. 
And we stay in that, that we're able to fulfill and we're able to conquer anything that the enemy tries to throw at us because he is just, he's, he's a flea in comparison to who God is in your life. Amen? What's the Holy Spirit telling you? What insecurity is, keeps trying to rise up that God wants you to hand over to Him today? Because God doesn't want anything, anything to stop, stifle, or clog who you are, what He's purposed for you today. Let it go. God didn't ask you to carry it. He said, release it. Give it to me. I pray that you would do that very thing today. Whether you're here in this place or you're watching online. Our security, your security, our security comes in the confidence of who God is. Let us keep focusing on that truth. And finally, the last scripture I want to read today. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. It says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. We, we might know it as no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But in that day, coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Not insecurities, not doubts, not all of those things. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. One translation, I love it, says it is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. It's your legacy, it's your gift, it's your promise that, the, that we can enjoy the benefits of a, as being a servant of the Lord. It says, and their vindication or your righteousness will come from me, he says. He says, it will come from me, I, the Lord, have spoken. You can take that to the bank. He's the great I am. Amen? Dig into that this week. Dig into it next week. Dig into it three minutes from now. Because the enemy is a stuck, he's a skunk. He stinks. And he tries to get us to start stinky thinking all of the time. But not you. Because you're fortified by the word of God. You're, you're covered by the blood of Christ. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.